Hey, this is Bob, and welcome to the latest episode of The Road to Racing, where we spend time talking about the profound and not-so-profound things of cycling, life, and everything in between. On the way to the race, during events, hanging out with friends, wherever we end up, you're along for the ride. So now that you're here, join us for interesting interviews, potentially bad advice, and the best tips I can give about making your own cutoffs. Welcome to the first episode of The Road to Racing. I'm Bob. I'm Sammy. And this is a podcast about everything bike racing, bike riding, going to the races, having fun, everything. We might even talk to some people and get some deep, deep We record this while we are driving to races, normally in Northern California, sometimes Idaho. We'll see. Yeah, no, that fits your, your personality. 
what the sprint was like. Because, like, it's like the same thing happens every race. It's not that exciting. And I just, I just feel like the media could do a lot better. It would make it a lot more interesting for the masses, which would try to tune more people in, which means it would make more money. And then you have this, like, nice cycle of, like, it recovering from, you know, everyone thinking that all cyclists everywhere are cheaters. But 
also super serious most of the time. Most most people are super serious. And it's all, I mean, it's not all weight weenies and stuff, but um, I like to get away from it and do, and race some cross and uh, just have a party, have fun. Um, so where do you think you fit into the giant puzzle that is the cycling community? You know, I am a very much an oddity. I hate myself that I said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, there's not too many people that race a full season of cross and a full season of road. True. I know there are a few people, uh, but it's not, it's not common. It's not very common. And Do you think that gives you an advantage? Um, I think it gives as far as mentally and fitness. It gives concerned. me, I mean, it's a, both an advantage and a disadvantage. I, uh, like I get, I get new, uh, I get to expand the pain cave in the wintertime with cross because it's just an hour of, you know, bleeding out of your eyeballs and, you know, just destroying yourself. Um, you know, like after every race, I laid on the ground and took a dirt nap for 20 minutes afterward. I have no idea what happened. I like ended up somewhere on the course and just laying down, you know, and I wake up 20 minutes later and I'm like, wow, I'm alive, you know? And, um, like that, you know, it, it helps to go harder than you've ever gone before and then do that over and over again. And, uh, like that helps a lot. And, uh. But then there's also the disadvantage of if I'm just racing an hour, my training's for that. So um, when I get to road season, I don't really have a base. So the longer road races tend to get harder for me. Um, you know, anything over 85 miles, I usually have start to start to have some issues. But you think it gives you an advantage earlier in the season? But it definitely does give me an advantage early in the season. I'm super, super duper fit from the end of cross, and uh, I jump into, you know, crits, the early season races and stuff, and I'm pretty fit, and uh, then, uh, you know, and then it just makes you, uh, like, it's also an advantage in that I get, uh, I, I like dirt. I like riding dirt, and I don't mind uh, when it rains and gets muddy or nasty. So, who you are as a cyclist? Are you? Do you? Do you want to tell people that you're you're more than a crit racer, or you're more than a this? Like, what? Like, what do you want your identity to be? You know, I really don't like. I want to make it, but I don't want to say it per se because. It's like, like I want to show, I want to show my personality with my legs. <laughs> you know, it's a, like, I don't want, I don't want to just be known as, you know, so-and-so that did this. Like, I just want to, you know, go out there and show it every day that I, uh, That's, know. that's pretty, a lot deeper than I thought you were going to get. So, so. But that's, that's pretty good. All right, you ready for two? Sure. All right. Tell me why wanted to start this podcast. Why? Tell me why. Oh man. Um, well, I feel like this, uh, I mean, people can tell me if I'm wrong, but this area is, has great cyclists, great personalities. You got to tell the people which area? Northern California. Right. Um, we have great personalities, great bike racers. We have some not so great personalities, but we won't get to them. Um, but, and like, I feel like there's no place for a lot of these people to express their awesome personalities. Um, and we're going to have a million different people on the show and we're going to talk to them and, you know, have some fun. And I really wanted to start this to just have fun and, you know, show everyone, you know, in Northern California other places that this is fun, like this is a fun place to be, fun place to race, fast place to race, and you know, nothing beats California. I'll tell you that. Alright, that's fair. Alright, question number three. Uh -oh. What would be advice or something you'd want to tell 
to a young writer who faced the same sort of challenges that you faced as a young writer with, you know, lack of support, maybe lack of finances, maybe drama with development teams, that that whole, like, kind of hindrance that you had to overcome as a, as a young writer, what would you tell them? Well, I'm still a young writer. Well, I don't know what I'm doing. A younger writer. But, yeah, as a junior, I mean... 12 versus 20. Just have fun with it. That's why I'm still riding my bike and riding at the level I am is because I fell in love with just riding my bike. Um, It's, if you don't, if there's, like, you do have to do workouts to be fast, you know, and you have to, you know, you have to work hard. You're going to have to work hard at everything. But, um, you know, don't do workouts that you don't like. Like, if there's not just, you know, oh, I don't like it, I don't want to do it. But, like, when you find workouts you like, do them. And if you like doing group rides, do group rides and race rides. You know, it's it's just about, it's about having fun. And, like, that's how you create a lifelong love or passion for what you're doing is, you know, you have to build it up and you have to really show it's fun and um, you have to enjoy it. Um, Like, I still, there's still a lot of times that I'm like, man, I'm really tired of this or that and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do something else. Like, I'm going to go, I'll go, you know, I need to clear my head, I'll go fishing or, you know, or ride my cross bike on the dirt, go to the dirt park in Elk Grove and scare some little kids because I'm out there on what basically looks like a road bike. And, uh, you know, and it's it's fun. Just got to clear your head and have fun with it and do other things also. Don't don't just be a bike racer. Don't just be a bike racer. Don't, have you know. Have a second hobby. You know, have, have more than one thing to put your time into. Um, because cycling will get to a point where it gets too much and you won't have, you won't know what to do. You'll burn out. So, yeah, no, it's just having fun with it, enjoying yourself, and, you know, you work hard, the success will come. That's, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Alright, so now that we've talked about ourselves significantly, um, <laughs> let's move into the real point of the podcast, which is to talk about what's going on locally as far as races. So, uh, first I'm going to start it off by asking Bob, who are you racing for right now? Um, I'm racing for uh, William Cycling, and uh, Keith, the owner of William Cycling, they sell direct-to-consumer components and wheels. Uh, very low price point, but extremely good quality and and you know he's support he's helped support me since you know almost since I started racing seriously and um, this last year I was on the Mike's Bikes development team and Keith me and Keith had the idea like hey you know let's let's toss around the idea of having a team our own team and um, you know we kicked it around and then December came and he's like hey let's do this and so we put it together we got in contact with a few different people and we've got some other good sponsors too to go with William like Headwaters Kayaks and uh, Traject Creative and uh, and Pearl Zumi with the clothing and uh, so it's it's been a pretty awesome awesome year so far. We, we're doing better than we ever thought we would. Yeah, you're certainly seeing results, that's um, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of results, so you're racing for Williams, and we are on our way to the Modesto Crit? Yes, the Modesto right? Crit, um, which last year I got in a break, or I initiated a break on the second lap, and then we ended up lapping the field. Uh, it was pretty, pretty rad. That was a it was race to watch. one of my first races as a Cat 2 last year. And it's one of your first races as a Cat 1 this year. So adorable. Yeah. Well, it's like your third race as a Cat 1, but 
Yeah, so and it was my first it was my first P one two podium. Um, so this year it would be really cool to do the same, if not better. Uh, but it's a really it's a really fun course. It's it's fast, but it's fairly tight, and uh, and you need to uh, have plenty of handling skills. Pretty technical. Fairly good pavement. I wouldn't say it's terrible, but there's lots of bots, dots, and everything. So, um, and this year it's gonna be very warm. Uh, yeah, what are Bob? What are your tricks as a cyclist who races in the what is technically the Central Valley, where it gets hot in the summertime? What are your? What it's are extremely your, hot. What are your tips and tricks for not dying during a race? Well, first thing is as much ice as you can possibly have on your body when you start the race. He and makes ice socks out of pantyhose. Oh yeah, that's thing? a lot of people do that. There's a lot of people that do that. Um, yeah, that. And just have as much as possible because it will all be gone no matter how much you have. It will all be gone by the end of the race. And it's, it's important. Um, I used to have issues with riding and racing in the heat. Um, and then I, uh, I was I always thought I didn't need ice socks I always thought they were dumb until I overheated at the uh, Lodi cycle fest when I was like 14 or 15 and was like yeah I need this like this is something that definitely needs to happen so yeah it's it's important and uh, you know keeping hydrated also but definitely just keeping the body temperature down This is a fun race weekend here in Northern California with the Modesto Crit and then the Modesto Road Race, which, I mean, if you look at it, the Modesto Road Race doesn't look very hard. Um, it's pan flat. It's a giant figure eight. Um, it's fairly short. It's only, it's only 72 miles, but um, it tends to get windy in the Central Valley, um, and there's lots of crosswinds on the course um, so it makes for for an interesting uh, interesting race um, so tomorrow after this that that's what we'll be going to bright and early oh yeah double race weekends are super fun <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah that's that's a little bit about you know the, the crit we're on our way to now Bob races a lot of crits um, there's a lot in the area Lodi's pretty, it's perfect it's for really bike racing because everything's an hour away, really. That's true. Um, In my call direction. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome because, oh, I have to go to a race in the Bay Area. Oh, it's an hour. I have to go somewhere south. It's probably an hour. You know, if you have to go to Sacramento, it's probably an hour. Like, it's, it's usually not bad at all. The other thing we want to do is have interviews with interesting people, or at least people we find interesting. So a couple days ago, we sat down with uh, Dan Arbuckle, who owns Headwaters Kayak in Lodi. But first and foremost, he is a bike person. He is the epitome of bike. He rides everything. He has every bike, every style of bike known to man. The bike packing, trials, mountain biking, dirt jumps, everything. This guy is awesome. I like to say that Dan Dan loves cycling at its purest and like truest form, which is like anyone, anywhere, any kind of bike, just getting on a bike and like riding for the hell of it. Um, so we sat down with him and uh, in this interview we kind of, we talked about Dan's love for bikes and uh, what started the love and uh, where he is now with it and you know yeah his, we use the word rad a lot his passion for growing the bike community in our small little town of Lodi so we're here with Dan Arbuckle um, if Lodi was a man it'd be, it'd be Dan I think um, <laughs> I mean he put this place on the map for something other than wine 
and getting I think just super important. Yeah, and you know, he just won an award that says he was tourism yeah. advocate of yeah, the year. Thing. Yeah, twenty seventeen. I mean, I think doesn't make me blush. Well, as somebody who grew up here, like I mean, Bob grew up here too, obviously. Um, but it's like important because if you're under twenty one, there's really not a whole lot to do in town. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's I couldn't wait to get out of Lodi. Yeah. When, uh, you grew when up here, right? 18. Yeah, born born in Lodi Memorial Hospital. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't wait to get out. And I think getting out and seeing some more active outdoorsy culture definitely inspired me to uh, move to Lodi with a new zest for, like, getting people outside, showing them what's out there in the world, and uh, changed my life, just trying to change other people's lives or at least affect them in a positive way. Oh, yeah, I, would, I would say without a doubt you're one of the most inspired people in town. I use the term stoked, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I use the term stoked too, but I have to be careful because then sometimes I'm like writing a paper for school and I'm like, well, that's probably not academic. I should not. Yeah. It's this weird transition from like uh, the social media type conversation to like, oh man, I actually got to sound intelligent and important. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I usually preface conversations with important people with, listen, I'm from California and all the people I hang around talk like they're surfers in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So just bear with me. I'm going to use the word rat a lot. <laughs> I did that to tell it's probably a safe thing for this podcast too. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably yeah. gonna use the word rad and stoke at least three or four times. Uh, make it like twelve, <laughs> fifteen. Um, so uh, yeah, and so you've been, you know, born and raised, right? Did you go to Did you go to Lodi or Toke? Toke. It's important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was where my dad went. What's that? Yeah, Toke. Yeah, I was in the country, so it's kind of on our side of town. Yeah, my dad grew up in Narada, so same yeah. same situ- situation there. So. How did you even get into the whole kayaking and bike? Well, obviously, probably. Well, yeah, bike, two totally but, different stories there, um, but. Just the whole outdoor lifestyle. Um. Well, my parents were super outdoorsy, and we were involved in the Boy Scouts growing up, and we were like the, uh, uh, the kind of the outcast trooper patrol, I guess you'd say. Like, <laughs> all we wanted to do was go outside and you know, get rad. <laughs> <laughs> But my dad had this mindset of, you know, using the Boy Scouts as a platform to do adventures that you normally otherwise get, wouldn't get to do. So as, a, you know, 11 to 18, I would say, um, on patrol got really good at fundraising because we realized, okay, if we can raise the funds, then once a year we're going to get to go to like Moab, Utah or like a 10-day rafting trip or whatever, like all these epic trips. So we used it as a platform to raise money, go play. And um, we did manage to get a few merit badges along the way, but (laughs) (laughs) definitely not your typical Boy Scout. Well, do you think that helped you, like, because, like, I don't know, like, anyone who's listening, they'll they'll probably look you up on the social medias later, but, like, you have this incredible, like, self-marketing presence. Do you think that, like, helped shape that? Like, the whole, like, well, if we want to do this trip, we've got to raise the money, so we better figure out how? Huh. I never really thought about it, but uh, maybe maybe sort of a a bit of business sense. Yeah, like, because, I mean, if you look at businesses in town in, in any small town they don't always necessarily have the greatest like social media presence and mm-hmm. like and then there's you and your business and in the entities in which you're involved that have like you know one of the most constant i would say involved presences presences i think really it comes down to like photography and that's really what it is like i'm trying to capture the scene or the moment that i'm in um and i you know i usually just use my phone and whatever it is, whether it's taking video or just taking photos and then sharing that with people, I just want people to be like, oh my God, that looks so cool out there. Like, I gotta go check that out. I wanna go ride Lodi Lake or mountain bike at Hogan or whatever, like, you know, whatever it is we're trying to promote. But yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just my little connection to the community <laughs> to like find my people, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's, that's awesome. Um, and then the whole starting your own business, small business in Lodi. Nobody really thinks, oh, Lodi, let's start a kayak shop and, you know, grow it to where it is today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess I always saw the potential for a kayak shop in Lodi because you have this awesome river, um, tons of flatwater paddling, and just kind of a, an area that was void of outdoor activities. So it was a perfect fit, and I just, you know, I was able to take an existing idea from the old kayak shop and sort of run with it. And create what we've got going today. Yeah, and so, so how did you get to the point of starting your own business before that? What was your? I mean, <laughs> if we were to, if I were to tell you everything I know about Dan's life, it is this: 
He grew up in Lodi. At one point, he lived in an airplane hangar, and now he has an awesome family and owns <laughs> his own business. That's like, that's that's the extent of, of Dan's life that, that I know about. Sort of the sort of the transition. Yeah, I was in the bike business forever. I worked at City Bikes and a couple of shops in Stockton, and uh, I think I had done it since I was like. 13 years old fixing up bikes for the Boy Scouts in wintertime they'd bring the bikes down to Lodi and I would tune them all up over winter and I'd send them back up to the camps in summer so I got a job at City Bikes at 16 and I basically worked there non-stop until I was 20 and I think no 22 I shouldn't say non-stop it was definitely on and off but it, you know <laughs> as, as, you, as bike shops are <laughs> once a year for a few months for yeah. all those years and uh, I was one summer, I was just like, I was just kind of burnt out. You know, I was tired of changing tubes on Huffies. I wasn't, didn't feel like I was getting traction. And so my buddy Josh came by with a kayak. He's like, dude, I got this kayak. I was like, where are you going to use that thing? <laughs> and uh, he's like, you know, we're going to go out to Lodi Lake. So I had a, like a cheap kayak I bought for 20 bucks. And uh, <laughs> we went out there and floated. And I was like, oh, yeah, like this is rad. I didn't even know. And at that point, there was a new kayak shop that had opened up in town. So I sort of started hanging around there. And it's just kind of a natural thing. It was an outdoor store. That's the scene I always wanted to be a part of anyway. So I got a job there and, you know, started helping them with their local paddling club and leading a lot of the trips and getting training and just basically became enamored for the first time in my life with something besides bikes. And I just got super inspired and it was, you know. We're trying to do all this crazy new stuff, like... I mean, other people think it's crazy. Like, new awesome stuff, but like, how do you stay inspired when there's so many people in this town who like, are unwilling to change or like, hmm. hear it out? You know what I mean? Because I feel like you have this like, I don't know, marathon stamina of like, doing all this like, rad stuff, and people just kind of like, like, huh. old people in town. I don't know, I guess it's just a perspective. I kind of feel like, I'm just, I'm just stoked to be out there, you know, riding bikes and and paddling and getting other people inspired and I feel like it's sort of a snowball effect like you get yeah. two or three people like yeah I like that too and the next thing you know there's like a community of people that are like yeah we all like that and yeah, now just just pushing for it like I feel you know you say Lodi doesn't want to change but I feel on the bike side of things uh, as far as infrastructure and tourism uh, bike lanes paths like uh, our future already is planned out to be way different than it is now and it includes bikes for the first time and um uh, I don't know. I, I, that keeps me stoked. It keeps me inspired. Yeah, and you've been doing a lot of work with Bike Lodi and everything. Yeah. And, and recently, like you recently just got into it, right? I guess it was about a year ago I, I stumbled into a meeting because it was by my shop and I uh, just wanted to see what it was about. And yeah, I mean, these people were legit. Like they had somebody that they hired to help run the meeting and like give us direction. And it was nice to be a part of like an uh, organization, like people that were movers and shakers and they were organized because that's typically not how I am. So they were able to just sort of like plug me in <laughs> and all these people were there to help me out. And it's just such an amazing like crew of people that are making it happen. And you know, the thing I'm good at is social media and promoting and everyone else is good at something else. So like together, we, I think we're able to accomplish a lot. And uh, yeah, everyone's pretty fired up. So it's cool to be a part of. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really cool. There's been some, I mean, like I remember when like wine tourism wasn't even really a thing mm -hmm. in town like it hasn't been that long uh, this right. like it's explosive definitely. tourism so i feel like i like it's not going to take that long for it to explode on the cycling side of things or the kayak side of things you know you're doing a, some cool stuff with like combining for sure like, all that would be sick the town is small enough that it's it's easy to do that especially you know when you get people inspired with like the cargo biking situation it's yeah, that's a tougher nut to crack as far as getting people to ride their bikes. Like, that's really why we're pushing for infrastructure because at this point, I mean, it's tough to get your average person to get out and go do an errand on a bicycle. Mm -hmm. It's, like, culturally kind of weird for people. It's not that conducive because of pathways. Um, and, yeah, like, people in love, they just drive cars. But if you think about it, it's like a three-mile square flat Yeah, grid. it's perfect. Like, it couldn't be – you can't yeah. get lost – you, and you can get anywhere in 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, I could get here to Costco if I pinned it in 10 minutes. That's clear across town. Yeah. yeah. Don't time me on that. I might have problems. Nah. <laughs> I feel like that's pretty accurate, though. I mean, Maybe I couldn't do it in yeah. 10 minutes, but you guys probably could. Oh, I'm not at my age yeah. anymore, but. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like you can go pretty fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. This guy owns more bikes than anyone I know. And not just like the same ones. Like, all different kinds. 
from fat bikes to road bikes to cargo bikes, everything. Well, that's what we're talking about. And like, you know, cycling at its at its purest and simplest. Oh yeah, but this guy gets <laughs> on it. Any... Twelve bikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy got twelve bikes. <laughs> oh, but this guy can get on a bike and just shred. And he, it's. I feel like sometimes he doesn't even have a limit. Like it just keeps going. And like you always push, like you always push me to like go f- harder and faster and like up things. Trendy like things, yeah. you point that, you point at that ledge, and you're like, oh, go drop off that or go ride up it. And I'm like, uh, dude, I can't do that. There's no <laughs> way. Work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't levitate. Like yeah. it doesn't work like that. Uh, I don't know, man. I've always just goofing around on bikes has always been my thing. Like since I was, you know, able to ride on two wheels, and it's just a kind of extension of who I am, so if I need to get somewhere fast, obviously I'm going to ride yeah. a road bike. If I'm no, uh, like this morning, I went out on my cross bike because I wanted to go fast, but I also wanted to hop around and like, you know, do some skids. <laughs> <laughs> like there's the right tool for the every job, and definitely uh, I'm, I'm a bike guy through and through. Yeah, I mean, you could collect Ferraris. Right, exactly. Mine's still be <laughs> this is a little more productive at least, like, <laughs> a little more family friendly. And the cargo bikes, I think, really changed my life because that opened my eyes to, you know, when I had a family, it's like, okay, maybe it's time to put the bike thing away a little bit. And, Back and yeah, and it wasn't until I think my oldest son, who's seven now, he was like three, or gonna be three, uh, we stumbled across this bike shop that had cargo bikes, and I got to ride one, and it was completely mind blowing. It's like, well, here's a way that, you know, I don't have to tow a trailer, I don't have to leave my kid at home, and like, instantly just got one and completely revolutionized and changed my life and like refueled my interest for riding bikes and now I'm on my third kid and they're all grown up on bikes like Kenzie from the six weeks old she was ridden yeah. the bucket in the front of the bike <laughs> and now I've got my little riding buddies yeah know, and the other day tracks. I took her to school yeah you know? I was like it's, it's it's so much fun it's a normal thing like when the kids when we say we're going somewhere they know if it's in Lodi like they go grab their sh- helmet and their shoes like it's just standard policy and uh, I think that's a cool way for kids to grow up, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's, like, as, like, somebody looking at your life, like, like outside, it's, like, super awesome because, like, you might be the busiest person I've ever met. Um, and so I think, like, from, like, looking at how you guys live your lives, like, as a family, I think it's a cool way that you find balance and all the busyness is, like, that's the one thing you all come together and do, like, all the time. Yeah. Um, it makes something as simple as, like, hey, I got to go ride to the boathouse to check on a situation or uh, check staff or whatever or a ride to the coffee shop instead of driving there in a car and being an errand it's this adventure yeah it changes your day-to-day that can get mundane <laughs> uh, no but like you know Lona's a small town especially if you grew up here and like your parents grew up here then like everyone knows you yeah you can't run a stop sign on your bike and not have somebody call your grandma you know I got a story about that so my mom used to be the animal control officer here in town and I pulled away through a stop sign when I was like 16 with no seatbelt on, and I got pulled over. The officer walks up to my window, I'm like, oh, you're Terry Arbuckle's son. And he gets on the radio, he's like, Paul Two, it was my mom's handle. Paul Two, I need to see you over here at Church Street, and whatever it was. <laughs> oh, no. Calls my mom the radio, and yeah, so not only, I didn't get a ticket, but I definitely got a lecture from my mom. That's the worst, that's worse yeah. than getting a ticket. <laughs> So me on my bike like even this morning just riding around downtown like if I see a ledge even if it's in front of City Hall I'm probably going to try to ride it yeah <laughs> and so I'm walking this delicate balance like I'm trying to promote Lodi cycling here in one hand and then the other hand like I definitely want to hit that staircase and on not, the way home yeah, <laughs> and, not, and not get the well, cops called on you yeah. it's hard to find that balance of what's just somebody having fun and what do people think is disruptive and I think yeah. it's really easy for people in Lodi to think that everything is disruptive yeah. when it's like you're really not Anyone, like you're just trying to have a good time, and you're not like there's nothing harmful about the situation. Like how my dad likes to yell at everybody on a skateboard, yell skateboarding's a crime every time. <laughs> like it's a joke, but sometimes people think he's serious. It's uh, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I could see being a little obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I tell people if they don't want me jumping in their front yard, then don't make your landscape look like a double jump. You know? <laughs> 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 oh, that's not really true. I've calmed down in my old age a little bit. I definitely used to be a little bit more reckless as a, you know, just thoughtless, I'd say, as a, as a teenager. But Yeah, so we won't find yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, you won't see me, like, you know, jumping up a, somebody's picnic table and putting my chain ring in there, you know, <laughs> over and over and over. The school next to my house probably had $100,000 worth of damage from me living next door and living the rest of the house. <laughs> just chain ring marks everywhere. <laughs> uh, 
happens, but it's like, yeah. you're just having, you know, I think people see other people having fun and they're like, oh, they, they have one of two reactions. Either like, that person's having too much fun, so there must be something wrong with it. And it must be <laughs> or like, that's fun. I want to do that too. But there's like not a lot of in between there. Yeah. Well, this morning I was at the parking garage downtown and I was going to ride down the stairs. And of course, like as I'm going, there's a little old lady that's like looking up there at me, like, "Are you gonna ride down here?" Like, and it, I was like, "Oh man, okay, I'm gonna upset this lady." So I kind of like get off my bike, I'm like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm gonna get out of here." No, she's like, "No, I want to see it," and she waves <laughs> me off. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got a text message this morning on how Dan texted me and was like, "Dude, I'm so stoked for this. I'm, I went out and rode my bike and I'm loving it and it's great. I'm having the greatest session." And, you know, with a video of him riding down the stairs and everything. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I love going out to Lodi Lake with Dan and Ethan, his, his son. And he, Ethan, Ethan pushes himself to ride stuff. You're like, man, a seven-year-old's riding that? <laughs> and then, like, that log drop that used to be there that's yeah. no longer there. But, like, he rode that. And I was like, dude, I wouldn't have wrote, ridden that, like, two years ago. I would have been like, ah. No, I'm good. You know, I'm like, I'm 18. I'm like, oh, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And he's out there riding it at seven, and yeah. he loves it. He just loves being on his bike. Like, do you want to see more of everything? Well, I, of course you do. But, like, the BMX side, like, get a dirt park or, um, like, a racing side or just, like, what do you see the growth of? What are your of? hopes and dreams? Yeah, what are your <laughs> hopes and dreams? Just in general? Yeah. And, and uh, as a bike community and, like, more than just riding around being hippocrites. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I guess I want us to, like, see the bike community sort of come into its own. Like, I don't want to be the one to <coughs> say it needs well, to go yeah. here or there. But, um, you know, it would be awesome to see a track in town or a pump, pump track. I think there's a lot of, you know, corners of the city that the city owns that are just dirt fields. That until they do something, it would take a weekend for a crew to come in and make a mini pump track. Um, and just have these spots around town for kids to get out and ride bikes. I think as we move forward with bike infrastructure, that would be a really cool integral part of getting kids involved at a young age. You know, strider bikes that can just pump around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of this grand idea of, you know, like an ACE, AMA or whatever it is, a yeah. bicycle track, which, I mean, it would be awesome too, but let's just start somewhere with give kids in neighborhoods all over this town a spot to ride. So I think that would be cool, and then I would just love to see more people feel comfortable to ride their bikes when bike lanes, protected bike paths, uh, you know, we're doing what we can with bike parking in downtown Lodi. Just yeah, bike yeah, 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 those new bike, bike racks. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah. So, you know, making it easy for people to use bikes, making it viable. Um, to me, there's just no better way to connect to your community than to be on a bike, traveling at slow speed. Uh, so, that's kind of my hopes and for growth of cycling in Lodi. What are your hopes, Bob? Yeah, as somebody, because yeah, because you're kind of a different background. You're more yeah. of a Bob's a crit racer. He likes to commute on his bike, go fast, get into trouble. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know about the get in trouble part, but at least by your grandma. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, you know, I like to see more. I'd like to see more dirt stuff, Mm -hmm. like an actual place designated for bikes to ride on dirt. It's one of the things that I think this place is missing, and I understand like. Where like agriculture, every plot of land has something right. growing on it. Yeah, if it's not concrete, it's, it's somebody's private vineyard. It's a, yeah, it's a vineyard or an orchard or you know you would something. Like to not have to trespass. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy not trespassing and not have the sheriff called on me um, for just riding on a canal. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean canals are boring too; they're just dirt roads. Um, but like something where there's actual trails, like it doesn't have to be, you know, something crazy, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be jumps or anything, just something like super simple, fun that anyone can shred on, you know, just some single track, smooth, fast, fun, flowy. Yeah. And just something, cause cyclocross and dirt riding is like how I get away from the seriousness of road racing. Cause I can only take so much of that, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> and so so, you know, when I'm tired of riding on the road and that monotony of just staring at the long straight roads that we have out here that are perfectly flat, <laughs> um, you know, and vineyards. Yeah, you want to like do some I want to do some, yeah, skids and, and hop over a log or something, you know. I don't, I don't know how you do it on the roads. I, Eat I'm crap. I'm super ADD. You know? <laughs> I, I'd love to see uh, 
Um, yeah, some dirt trails to go. Yeah, go just rip around. just some it, three miles. That's all I'm asking for. But think um, about it. Like you really got to think about it. Is there three miles of continuous area that you can make a dirt path? Like no. the only place I know of is that Woodbridge Wildlife Refuge in. Yeah, you can't touch that. Right. So. As much as I love birds and wildlife, like big part of what I do, <laughs> I would love to see that as like yeah. the ability to go rip around. Yeah. I also see both sides of it. I understand yeah. like why it's not and probably can't be. But <laughs> yeah. selfishly it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I definitely like a place and like a lot of the farmers recently have that worked originally really cool with, you know, people coming out, riding their bikes, walking their dogs and stuff uh-huh. on their land are totally not cool with it anymore. Which is understandable people are out there. Well here's the deal, man. We gotta get these farmers that have wineries and have the acreage. <laughs> see the draw of bicycles to town like Lang Twin gets it with their uh, cycle cross race yeah but have it to where almost where you could do a loop around their vineyards and have it as like a draw like man there's a you know Heritage Oaks Winery has a three mile loop and it's perfect for a cross bikes and you can do a picnic and wine tasting afterwards so they're, yeah. now they have a draw and it's a positive thing that's bringing people to their winery right. as opposed to being like oh those kids out there are making jumps in our in our vineyards yeah yeah, yeah. so you gotta come at it from a, from a different approach so. and I think as cycling as a whole and the town grows owners of wineries and stuff will see that like yeah. like I know people that'll that'll hop on their bikes or their rent bikes or whatever to go wine tasting and just kind of like cruise around because there's like what like 87 wineries or something nuts or something yeah, yeah a lot of it's crazy. Everyone owns a winery around. So it's like it's we'll not hard. <laughs> like it's not hard to like find a winery. It's not hard to ride your bike to a winery. So I feel like as that grows as a whole, people will be like, oh, like maybe this is like a like, this is how we can get people here. Mm-hmm. Is by having like what you're talking about. Yeah, and then I'm guaranteed there's no winery. Probably I shouldn't say that. Maybe you know, Michael Bibb. Some of these wineries are in cycling, but. You know, probably nobody thinking that direction. Yeah, no. Oh, I never thought about using our property as a place to, you know, to let people just yeah do it. Um, I don't yeah, know what the insurance. You know, there's all yeah. That. I'm sure there's, there's all the liabilities, involved. ridiculous stuff to go with it. But so. yeah, no, like I love I love riding dirt, and it's so much fun, and it's so freeing, and mm-hmm. like you know, you can go be a kid again. That's um, what it's about, yeah. You know, and like when I go on uh, team rides and stuff, and I'm out on the I see a single track go alongside the road and I'll ride that forever and everyone's like what are you doing and I'm like well I got tubeless tires bro I'm not gonna clap but you know like I always run really fat tires on my road bike for my training wheels because like I want to go ride and do like yesterday or two days ago I was in Yosemite like or near Yosemite and like I was like oh I'm gonna go do this loop of this back these back roads you know I was like oh hopefully I'm you know it's cool and I'm you know make it to the other side Um, (laughs) but uh I, like, went and, like, climbed for, like, five miles and was like, man, this sucks. This is, it's hot. I'm dying. And then I get to the top of the hill. There's a sign that says, end paved road. And I'm like, nice. yes. <laughs> and so, you know, and it's just a descent of gravel road oh, and, like, these super awesome. steep sections with hairpins and stuff are paved. Yeah. But not, like, paved. They're, like, patches on top of patches. <laughs> sure, sure. So it's just, I'm just out there having fun, like, doing skids, and just like, wow, this is awesome. And, like, you know, normally most road road bikers would be, like, but, uh, uh, guess I gotta go back. Yeah, I guess, I guess I gotta <laughs> turn around, you know, so. Well, we used to, like, when I lived in Reading, you know, there's miles and miles oh, of river yeah. trail, right? But, so we would, dig days, we would still ride our bikes, but we wanted to get to the jumps fast, so we would uh, just ride our road bikes, and you could go, you know, 10 miles on the bike, and then it was just the last one mile that you had to ride the single track. But we would ride some pretty gnarly single track on a road bike just to, just to get there. And I, I think that's why I love cross so much, because I realize how rowdy you can get yeah, on and, a skinny tire bike. Yeah, and move quick, too. Yeah, super nimble. You can just jump all around the trail, and then when you get an open piece of single track, and you can do, like, 25, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> yeah, really for no. nothing. Yeah, and, like... Uh, yeah, no, it's, like, the cross bike is so awesome, and I love just exploring on it, too. Like, the other day, I went to, to Hogan, like, the backside of Hogan, and mm-hmm. was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, explore this road, um, check on our uh, bouldering spot that we uh, yeah, I saw, we, we saw last, that. Cool. <laughs> last summer, and then got there, and, you know, the river's... You know, the lakes, you know, we're no longer in a drought, obviously, but uh, (laughs) there was no rocks. Um, Let's just say that. And, you know, I explored. At first, it wasn't as cool. I was like, man, this is kind of lame. You know, the road ended here. And then I went to the other direction and it ended there. I was like, oh. And then I was like, you know what? 
I still have an hour out here. I'm going to go ride this road and road another road. And then, you know, saw my, my favorite sign, you know, pavement ends. Uh-huh. And I'm like, and it turned into a sick, you know, one lane dirt road. And it was, it's just some of the coolest stuff is adventuring on a, on yeah. a cross bike. For sure. Fat tires and, well, not fat tires. Fat yeah, you're tires. a pretty sweet cross bike too, man. I'm jealous of your cross bike. I want to yeah. rip on that thing. No, I want to get another one. Yeah, I'm figuring, I'd love to check one out, one of those squid bikes, because they just seem super stiff and like you can, oh, yeah, they're so you can much rail fun. on them. Oh, everything. I'm riding a, uh, like a Navarro randoneering bike that's yeah, that thing super is... flimsy and dainty. And yeah, the thing is, is you don't, it doesn't look like it when you do that <laughs> stuff, though. Yeah. We're talking about uh, squid bikes. Yeah, squid yeah. bikes. If you guys haven't checked those out, they're those awesome. Are, they're awesome. And Someday I'm going to get one for if you. Ever, if you ever see them riding around in Sacramento on the bike path, talk to them. They're Shred super them. cool people. They're, yeah. And they'll show you all the illegal trails along the American River bike path. Yeah, yeah, thank you. They're my people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so awesome. And, like, the community cyclocross has is for great. Sure. Like, I'm not a cyclocross racer. I mean, I've done some <laughs> races, but... Uh, but just going to those races and hanging out and just being a part of the, the bike <laughs> I, I like awesome. to describe cross races as like somebody decided to throw a massive party and then somewhere in there bike racing started to happen. But like <laughs> during the party. Yeah, yeah, right. After a few beers, some guys lined up and yeah. said, hey, I bet I can faster than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's <laughs> like, so much fun. Yeah. As someone who like didn't like, you know, grow up in bike racing or any of that, like to like watch the culture of, of cross is really just like super interesting because it's just people who want to have a good time and they're not like you know there are people who are serious about cross sure. racing obviously but even within the seriousness of it they're still just like they're just out there to shred and right. like I don't you know it's know, cool loud music going yeah it's just yeah vibe of... like I Bob likes to say like his goal in road racing is to bring the same kind of personality that cross has into road racing yeah which is like yeah an ambitious goal but a cool goal. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I guarantee you just be yourself and people yeah. either dig it or they won't. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, this town could use more, like, the cyclocross thing. If we brought that, like, actually into town, like, Lane Twins is right, pretty right, darn right. close. That's as close as you get to town. That's like a 10 or it's like a 15 minute bike ride to yeah. Lane Twins Winery. Um, and then, like, and what it's they've done, race. and the people that come out to that, and they're like, wow, I didn't even know this was a thing. It's so cool. Yeah. And, like, just, like, bringing some of that into, like, actually into town. Yeah, like, deep in any park, we could do a sick race, I think. Yeah, yeah no. Some uphills and downhill. Yeah, and, like, something yeah, like yeah. that. And, like, even, like, bringing in a crit race. Like, a weekly twilight crit where there's two races. Like, a A race and a B race, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe there's no prizes, but it's just out there to have fun. And, like, even if it's... You know, learn some skills, practice. Yeah, and just like show people that like bike racing is fun, yeah. and it's cool to watch. It's not. It's not. Well, yeah. It's not what you see on TV. Right. Yeah. You know? I think like Tour de France road racing. I mean, I get it. It's super. It's super incredible what these guys do. Well, but it's as far also as the spectators, boring as hell. It's just like okay, you know, it's kind of like, like watching even, NASCAR. I skip to the end to every time. To watch it in person, like <laughs> if you're gonna like Tour California is happening right now, to watch those in person, like that's exciting. Oh, yeah. When does that fun. start? I don't know. Um, like that's exciting and fun and cool but like I grew up like my dad you know he, he rides bikes recreationally basically when he blew out his knee skiing and doctors were like hey you need to stop shredding on skis as much because you're going to you know kill your knees so he picked up a bike and started doing that because it's easier on your knees and whatnot. And uh, so I grew up like you know every July like Phil and Paul were just narrating our lives and like you know watching the races and whatnot. but <laughs> until we started dating I had never heard of cross, and I had never really, like, watched, like, an exciting crit race. You know what I mean? Like, I'd never, mm-hmm. like, other than, like, you know, big world tour races, but I'd never really, like, been in the world of, like, what is, like, I had never heard of cross until we started dating. And, like, so I think it's just, like, it's cool, like, it's fun, and people don't realize it. And it's hard to explain to people until they get out there and they see it. Like, yeah. I talk to my friends, and I'm like, no. Like, it's fun. I realized that for an hour, they're just going in two-minute laps at 30 miles an hour, so it doesn't sound like it's, like, that fun to watch, but it really is, I promise. Yeah, it's kind of like anything. You want to watch the cra- watch the crashes, the guys throwing elbows in the corner. Yeah, and, and it's, like, people don't realize that, I mean, the United States is, like, one of the only places that do true criteriums. Oh, really? Like, Australia I does. I mean, like, the Netherlands and Germany kind of do it. 
definitely like France definitely doesn't do a real criterion mm -hmm. um, but like it's exciting to watch and it's something like we need like we really like need to build up like you know like the NFL or you know like NASCAR or something something like like it's exciting and like you could have you know real story like you could have a story and it you know you could sell the story and it's exciting racing to watch like there's yeah. never a dull moment I think you gotta make the course look super cool like an IndyCar race, you know, like when they're racing through the city or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You get like the big red and white arrows. And just <laughs> the curves, yeah, the curves and stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, but like, have something to show people that it's not just bike riding, because that's fun. I enjoy just getting out and riding my bike, you know? Like, I love it actually, like when my truck's on empty, because that means like I have no excuse to not ride my bike. Like, yeah. I can, I have to ride my bike. Why and we it's rode fun. Here. Yeah, like we rode here because my truck's on empty. So like, you know, like last summer, I like drove my truck for like three or four times, like in the whole summer, because like I was like, well, I don't want to pay for an oil change. I'm just gonna ride my bike. It's beautiful weather. It's low die. I don't have to do anything. So like, That's awesome. you know, I rode everywhere, did everything on the bike, and it's it's so much fun. And like you see everybody, yeah. Like because it's Lodi, you see it, you know. You right, see you run into everywhere you go. You're a second grade teacher. You yeah, you run into your friends. <laughs> yeah, everybody. You run into your parents, and you're like, oh, what are you doing here? And then you know, like. I remember when gas went above three bucks a gallon years ago. I think I was like 21 at the time. Gas went above three bucks a gallon, and I decided that I was going to boycott cars. <laughs> and so I sold my car. I met the guy at the bike shop. Sold my car. <laughs> For like it was a Volkswagen Jetta, just totally <laughs> a mountain biker wagon, just scratched all over the back from the from the rack. Anyway, sold it for like five hundred bucks. Bought a it was like a Jameson touring bike, my first touring bike, and saddlebags, the whole works. And I rode that bike for the next I, seven I months. I kind of remember that. Yeah, it was when I first moved back to Lodi. I didn't have a car, and I lived way out in Linden. So it was a to work and back was a thirty mile commute, 15, 15 in, fifteen back, and I would go to. a take college classes afterwards, go to the grocery store. And I had never like been so happy and so fulfilled uh, just riding my bike everywhere. Um, eventually, like when winter came, it got super foggy. Oh yeah, no, that's like, terrible. It was kind no, of No, winter time, I don't, I'm, no. Uh, the fog here is, is kind of a big Well, the fog so, and the rain and the cold, yeah. It's, yeah, I guess I'm not. I'm, I'm know, not a full blown, I can't do I'm that. I'm not that hardcore. No. But I did have a really good time and it definitely, um, I think that was when I went from like mountain biking, mountain biking only or trials or, a bike is a is a means to shred and have to fun, a, yeah, to just... a means of like okay I can actually use this as my basic mode of transportation yeah. too. Yeah, well, and I think it's important too. To, like like you said, like wintertime is you know you don't have to do it all the time every single day. There are some situations where like you know yeah, car is practical. Yeah, it's it's you know car is more practical, but it opens the door for people to realize that you don't have to be all one or the other. Right. It's like you know if you're just going to the store to pick up three things, you can. Should right? Yeah. I mean, it's just so much better. I, uh, you know, for getting here to the coffee shop literally is as fast as it is, you know, it's, on a bike as it is. In it's the probably front. faster on a bike. Yeah. No, it is. It and you're like, is. you're gonna have a big ass smile when you get there. Yeah, like I remember racing in high school, racing people like my friends, you know, in their cars. Mm -hmm. On me on my fixie with the biggest gear, it was like a fifty three seventeen, <laughs> like the ginormous <laughs> gear, and like racing them to the coffee shop and betting drinks. Like, I'll buy drinks if you beat me. And yep. I never lost. Nice. Like, no, one every false. What? I beat you once. Oh, you beat me. I just me, want that's, the record to show that I beat him once. <laughs> um, but you were in a car, so technically you still lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one time. Like, but I never lost. And even though that one time the that crossing guard jumped out in front of me and like running no brakes, going 30 miles an hour. <laughs> Like the biggest skid I've ever done Do in my life. They really jumped, though. Um, like, you know, like casually walked with the sign in their hand. That is Maybe. true. Giant stop sign. <laughs> Probably you should have seen that one coming. I, I, yeah, but zone. I don't exactly. I didn't exactly have brakes. So, the biggest skid I've ever done in my life, and like crapped my pants. Was like, wow, that was close. Uh -huh. But then you know, Did I snuck through the children and. Oh you know, okay, I thought um, for sure you were gonna tell me you took her. No, I didn't. I didn't. She did yell at me, but yeah. Oh, I bet. Um, Probably you deserve that. Yeah, no. I definitely deserved that. But I definitely didn't have to pay for drinks when I got to the coffee shop. So, um, you know, it's always... Well, well, it's always well. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's always it was always fun because they were just, like, so blown. Everyone was so blown away by it. They are like, what? You beat me on a bike. Uh-huh. I remember, like, like, when we started dating, you didn't have your license yet. No. Because quite frankly, lazy about that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't but, like, need it. I had a bike. Time, every time we, like, went somewhere, and you would, like, I mean, it probably took you three minutes to get from my house to your house. Yeah. At, like, at night when there's no cars on the road. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. And then, like, times I would, uh, like, leave my house for school when the first bell rang, and we had five minutes to get to class once that bell rang, I would leave my house at 8 o'clock uh-huh. and get to school before 8.05. And I mean... I never heard. Yeah. It stresses me out No, it was so awesome. Much. It was awesome. Well, your sister was my teacher, so it wasn't that big of a deal. No, but still, that just, like, <laughs> stresses me out. <laughs> Double blow die, right? Yeah. So, like, I, you know, it was awesome. And, like, it was so much, like, I felt like it was fun to do that for me. That's so you know, stressful. just to be, like, I mean, I didn't really have to worry about being late and getting in trouble. But it was that pressure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. We had a unique high school experience. <laughs> well, that too. Sorry for another time. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I think, I think a big step will be, as far as, like, the community as a whole with cycling, is, like, is to hear people talk about, like, you know, the fundamentals of, like, just, like, why it's cool, but also, like, it'll make, I think I'm excited for, like, it to grow so that it makes people who do drive their cars more respectful of people who are on bicycles. Because, like, for me, that's one of the most stressful, anxiety-inducing things that's ever, like, just in the world is, like, you know, people in cars who aren't paying attention and who aren't, you know, like looking out for people on bikes and I think the more bikes that are on the road the more people are going to be yeah. looking out for it you know which it's is like twofold as infrastructure gets better more people ride bikes and that'll affect the way right. people drive and it's just it's I think it'll be a chain of events and it's all moving in that direction so. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, slowly but surely for we'll, sure we'll get there at some point <laughs> hopefully yeah yeah, yeah. and now uh, I like I enjoy getting away from the the bike racer scene I wouldn't exactly call it around here but color bike racer scene around here but uh-huh. the people that are serious about riding their bikes fast on the you know on yeah. the group rides um like i enjoy getting away from them because they are so i don't i don't even know how to describe it i like well, i don't yeah, yeah there's like, a different sort I, of mindset yeah, yeah and like like i love have like their stravas and their heart rate monitors and their computers <laughs> and their iphone on their dash and they're like just plugged in checked in all the time yeah. And dude, I get that. Like, there's, there's definitely time a certain, place for it, certain for time sure. and place for that. But I'm definitely more like you, the mindset of like, I don't need anything to tell me how fast I'm going. Like, yeah, I stare at the clock or the screen rules, right? all, yeah. all the time. I just want to be free. Yeah, and like, I haven't ridden with a computer in over two years. And I don't even know how fast you're going, dude. That it's surprising <laughs> how much you get that question. It is the most ridiculous right. thing. And like, I enjoy it. Like, I stopped doing that. And, like, I actually got better. Yeah, for sure. Because I stopped, like... You're not overanalyzing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. like, I stopped looking at it. And, yeah. like, you know, people are like, oh, how do you know you got, you're, like, improving or anything? And I'm like, well... <laughs> Going faster and winning races, yeah, so like, I must be doing something right. Yeah. It's and, like soul surfing. So like, that's how I describe yeah. it. Like, even when I go paddle for myself or, uh, you know, it's not technically I'm working on skills or on my bike. I'm not necessarily working specific. Yeah, you're not. I'm just out there to do it and... You know, you feel free, you get in a zone, you get better, and, you, you know, it's just the way our mindsets work. Some people are very analytical, and they want to see the numbers, and they want to feel it, and touch and feel it. Like, my dad is totally that way. Complete opposite <laughs> of me. Every bike he's ever owned has, like, a badass computer, tells him all the information, all the details, and uh, for me, I just, I just want to get out there and clear my head and be alone and not have any pressure or time to be there or speed i got to keep. Yeah. That's no. why I'm slow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. You're I wouldn't exactly necessarily slow. call you slow. I've seen you jump on a road bike and just like be right at home, and like I'm totally like you're blown away. Than me, so, so you're not exactly I think, slow. I think it comes down to seat time on a bike. I'll never be ever at the front of any packs, but it's just the amount of time I've spent on a bike, I can pretty much get in anything and hold my own, or at least be in the back, like kind of th- throwing up to the side. As you know, <laughs> the the hill. Well, I think that's but important too. Like, you're a good example of people like like you know you don't have to be like crazy fast you know leading out the pack every single time you can just like chill and have a good time and I think yeah yeah it's a good balance for people you to don't find have to go on the Tuesday night ride and have everybody make you chase everything 
Yeah, you know? I wouldn't do that either. Like, <laughs> like, well, I think people tend to be intimidated by road bikes because they're like, oh, I'm not fast enough to ride right. that. It's competitive feel. Right, and so it's like it's good for people like people like me who don't ride bikes to be like, oh, like you know, you can just chill on a road bike. Like you don't have to be like crazy fit, crazy fast. You can just like. It's right. just a tool to make you more efficient at right. moving and covering ground. <laughs> That's literally all it is now. It's. Yeah, no skin suit required. In fact, when Bob asked me to do this interview, I'm like, okay, this is on the road to the race about road biking, and I'm your first guest. What? <laughs> well, because, well, because when Bob, you know, came up with this idea, the first thing he said was, we got to talk to Dan. And I, I kind of said the same thing, and I was like, okay, well, do you want it to be a, a cycling, you know, podcast? Like, you want, you want Dan to lead this off? And he was like, honestly... Dan is one of the most interesting guys to talk to. He's going to have a lot to talk about, but he also just, he just loves bikes for the love of bikes. Thanks for listening, and you can follow us at The Road to Racing on the social medias. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about our next podcast, drop us a line at theroadtoracing at gmail.com. Stay rad, my friends.